Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Today we are starting a new series called Why, a nice, short, and sweet and simple name. Well, maybe not so sweet because what it's really about are the hard questions that we all ask at some point in our life, the hard questions we ask of God. Now, there's a lot of hard questions we uh, ask of God from time to time, uh, but we're at least going to look at a few of them. And we're going to start for the first two weeks of the series with with God and suffering the difficult question of why God allows suffering in the world. It's a question that has pushed many people away from faith. You know, it's, hard, it's difficult to believe in a loving God uh, who is all-powerful, and so you have to ask, well, why do bad things happen in the world? Why does, name your tragedy here. Why does it happen? Why doesn't God stop it? It's pushed people away from faith. And one of the reasons these questions are so big is because none of us really have answers. And I want to warn you of that straight away. It's not like by the end of this sermon, we're all going to walk away saying, oh, now I get it. No, that's not how it works. I can share with you the wisdom of knowledge and others who've walked the path, But those answers won't satisfy you completely any more than they satisfied all those others who have walked the path. I think the real truth is that each of us have to wrestle with this for ourselves. Each of us uh, have to wrestle with it in our journey of growing in God. And even just the question of God and suffering is more than we can just do in one week. <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about things like illness, uh, natural uh, suffering that happens in the world, uh, part of having a, a human body, part of being mortal. But today, we're going to talk about suffering that's caused when people misuse use their freedom. Now, I'm going to use that phrase some more times. We'll dig down into what I mean. But today, it's the the suffering that comes from people misusing their freedom. Now, I want to give some credit uh, right at the top here where where it is due. This is a sermon series that was put together by Adam Hamilton at Church of the Resurrection. And so, uh, it's nice to do that from time to time because we benefit from their graphics and I get to benefit from all the research that Adam does on everything that he does uh, and bring that to you. But of course, uh, I make it my own too and uh, fill it with my own stories as well. Now, I don't like thinking about these things just in theory. You know, we could have a theoretical discussion about evil in the world, which is really what we're doing today, and walk out of here being intellectually satisfied, but not, uh, not really having it apply to our life. So let's start by being specific about the kinds of things that we're talking about. What does it mean when people misuse their freedom and cause suffering? Well, the first one that comes to my mind these days are shootings. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to name specific shootings, but I have a hunch that each one of us is thinking of one right now that's happened in the past couple weeks, maybe one that happened a few months ago, but there have been so many. But we see the pain and suffering, we watch the news, and we hear the, the family members just in utter anguish over it, uh, and we, we, ask, we ask why, right? That's the only thing is, how can a loving God allow this kind of things to happen? Uh, there's the war in Ukraine, Russia's war in Ukraine. 
Ukraine. One person I follow online uh, always refers to it as a war of choice so that, we, so that we remember that it's not even a war caused by uh, cultural tensions so much as a, a war that some leaders chose to do. And we see the suffering in our hearts break and we ask why. Then there's climate change. The, uh, as, as human actions uh, over the past centuries changed the climate of our earth leading to big weather events, suffering that comes from all of that, we ask why? And if you want to take it a, a little different direction, but also a misuse of people's freedom, lies. Lies are a herd of a different sort. And when we get into that, then we start thinking about politics uh, and unhealthy politics, not the good kind, the unhealthy kind. We think about social media, other lies that hurt bullying even. And all of these things force us to ask, where is God in this? Why doesn't God stop it? If God is all powerful, why doesn't God just snap his fingers, wave a magic, not a magic wand, a God wand, I don't know. Why isn't there a God wand that can make these things go away? That's what we ask. Sometimes we wonder, is it actually God's will? Now, I don't think so, but it's a tempting, it's a tempting answer to play around with. You know, maybe God is working on some grand purpose that we can't see, but even that doesn't fully explain it. And sometimes it makes us wonder, is there even a God at all? You know, people who are new to their faith oftentimes start out the journey by thinking that once they become Christian, everything's gonna be great and happy all the time. And uh, well, we do pretty good here, but some of the songs you, that you hear, uh, Christian songs, focus on just the happy and good times without enough focus on the difficult parts too. There are even a few Bible verses that you can quote out of context and, and uh, that, that seem to support the idea that everything's gonna be good for God's people. And you can hang on to that belief for a, a little while, but sooner or later, something's gonna happen, either in your life or in the world or somewhere that cause you to question it all. But the truth is that when you really look at the whole scope of scripture, not part of it out of context, but the whole thing, that, uh, that it doesn't say that at all. In fact, uh, the, very, the second story in the Bible, right after creation, is the story of Cain and Abel, brothers, and jealousy led to the first murder. That's, that's the second story in the Bible. By Genesis chapter 6, there's so much violence amongst the people that God grieves that he even made them. That's the story of Noah's Ark. By the second book in the Bible, we're already into slavery. Now look, we've only made it this far in the Bible. <laughs> we could go on longer, couldn't we? About all of the suffering, about all of the bad things that people do to one another. Uh, it's story after story. But as I say, when you read the whole Bible together, you, you start to see another pattern too. And that is that whenever those bad things happen, God is always there actively walking with them through every bit of it. And you also notice that the bad things never have the last word. It's never the end of the story. God not only gives the people strength, but the evil is proven to be weak in comparison to what God is doing in its midst. And yet, all of us wrestle with suffering, especially when it hits home for us. 
There are uh, some phrases that we say sometime. I've been guilty of, my, of it myself before. Hopefully no, no, no time recently, but you know, maybe it's even happened. Uh, phrases that, are, that come with the best of intentions and that come out of a good place in our hearts, but that are half-truths at best, best and end up causing more harm than good. Phrases like, oh, the, 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 the suffering that you're experiencing, it must have been God's will, or everything happens for a reason. Now, half-truth at best. You know, just because God never fails to transform evil into good doesn't mean that that was God's first choice for how it was going to happen. Doesn't mean that God wanted the bad thing to happen. Now, if you've said some of these things in the past, don't beat yourself up too much. Be gentle with yourself because they do come from a place of good intentions. It just also reflects someone who's still on the journey. Well, there's another well-meaning but shallow phrase that I think gets even deeper to the heart of it. And that one is, God is in control. Now, in one sense, God is absolutely in control, in the biggest, grandest sense. You know, we look at the whole scope of Scripture from creation to, uh, to Jesus and to uh, the book of Revelation and the completion. You know, last week on Easter, um, we did a thing with the last lines of books, right? Uh, and asking how it changes how we live when we know how it ends. Uh, now, in that sense, God is absolutely in control. We know that evil is never going to have the last word. But on a more day-to-day sense, on, a more, on the sense that we live day-to-day, God chose to give away control. He chose to give away control to us. Now, this scripture that Sam read for us earlier, I chose that for two words. <laughs> and I'll read it for you again, and I'm going to kind of highlight those words when we get to them, okay? This is from Genesis chapter 1, the creation story. Verses 27 and 28. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Right, are you ready for this? Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Take charge, God says. If some of you grew up with the King James Version, the reason, uh, the the wording that it has there is uh, have dominion over. God says, God is giving away control. He's entrusting control of creation to us. Now, that's a big deal. It is hard to trust something so special to someone else and to think that God chose, at least in the day-to-day sense, to give control to us is a very big deal. One of the key moments in my own growth was actually during the process of my call to ministry for all our retired pastors, the purple book, if any of you remember that. (laughs) The question is this, why did God give you a brain? Now think about that for a minute. Why did God give you a brain? Now, it's a little bit of a leading question, I'll admit, but a, but a healthy leading question. And it made me realize that God gave me a brain so that I could use it, so that I could learn, so that I could grow, and so that I could use my brain to help others and to use it for good. Not just to trust everything I heard, but in fact to use my brain to move to somewhere greater, to move to somewhere higher, and to bring it all together. Now, 
The brain is my personal organ of choice, as you can tell from my fine physique. <laughs> but for some of you, it might be, why did God give you muscles? Mm, to use it to do good work in the world or why did God give you a feeling heart or why did God give you empathy or compassion to use it to use it for good and it goes back to that verse 20, uh, Genesis 1:28 that God trusted us to be in control of part of creation and gave us the tools that we need to do that work but part of trust is that it comes with a risk too, that those tools might be used in the, in the wrong way. Now, most of our uh, parents, like uh, active parents of young children come to first service since that's how we do Sunday school here. But I know a lot of you are parents too, even if your children are grown. So I wanna ask you, have you ever thought about how wonderful it is that kids always do exactly what you want them to? You know what's funny? You all laughed louder than first service did. More time to reflect, I guess. But you know, in my house, in my house, when it's bedtime, my kids always say, yes, daddy dearest, I can't wait to stop playing and go to sleep. They say, I love brushing my teeth. Oh, and cleaning their room, that's their favorite. <laughs> no, only my kids? Okay, maybe I shouldn't use my God-given brain to lie in church. <laughs> but you see my point, right? Part of growing up is learning to use our power of choice well. And it does take learning. It does take growing to get there. And part of any child's journey, especially when we get to our teenage years, when we're beginning to become adults, well, sometimes we make decisions that are truly bad ones sometimes decisions that hurt ourselves or others. I think a part of every parent wants to put bars on the window and wrap their kids in bubble wrap. <laughs> but that's not right either, is it? We have to make our mistakes. We have to learn and grow. It was true for me. It's true for all of us. I think the real prayer of any parent becomes uh, a prayer that their kids can learn without getting hurt or hurting anybody else in the way, along the way. And when it comes to humanity as a whole, well, there are times when people choose to use the power God gave them in bad ways. And just like children ideally have good parents to walk alongside them when they mess up, so God walks alongside us when we mess up. But that doesn't mean necessarily that God wraps us in bubble wraps and keeps us from making our mistakes too. And when we, when, we, when we use our freedom well, what an amazing, what an amazing thing it is when we use all that God gave us to do good in the world. You know, the gold standard is what Jesus called the greatest commandments, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second greatest, to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we all made every decision in our life with that in mind, to love God and neighbor, there would be no harm in the world. But of course, there are still some who use their power in a disordered way and end up causing harm. And it's not always so clear cut either. You know, sometimes that evil happens when people make choices that actively hurt another person. But other times, it's a mistake. You know, one, uh, one statistic that I came across was that 3,000 teenagers die every year uh, from texting while driving. Now, they didn't mean for that to cause harm. It wasn't their intention to cause harm. 
they, it just felt so important in the moment that, e that they did it even though they knew they shouldn't. They exercised their freedom in a way that had consequences. Climate change is in this, uh, this, this camp too, isn't it? You know, the, the, when, the first, uh, when the first people, our, our ancestors, a few generations back, discovered the power of coal to do things like trains and power plants, they didn't know they were harming the earth. They didn't, there was no malice. They didn't intend to harm the earth. But it's a consequence nonetheless. So, there are those who use their God-given God freedom for good, and there are those who use it for evil. But I think there's a third category too, and, uh, and that is those who don't use their freedom at all. You know, an interesting statistic, this is one I got from Adam Hamilton, uh, the, the uh, genocide in Rwanda in the 1990s, it was a terrible, horrible, horrible thing. Uh, there, there's no way to even comprehend all of the death and the suffering that happened to that. The uh, two different uh, ethnic groups, the Hutus, utterly slaughtered the Tutsis. Now, the Hutus, the ones that did the killing, there were seven million of them total, but the best estimate, uh, those who go back and study this, is that only two 200,000 of those 7 million actually participated in the killing. And that means you have to ask, where were the other 6.8 million? Like that isn't even a very big percentage. Now I'm sure there were some of them that were, were trying to help and were trying to make things better. But it's impossible not to believe that many of them, maybe even mo for most of them, their misuse of freedom was not speaking up when tensions were beginning to heat up. Their misuse of freedom was not doing more to stop it once the violence began. So here's the real bottom line. Ultimately, God will always defeat evil. We know this from Easter. But the way God does it in the Bible and today isn't by sending armies of angels to take care of it for us, but instead God's way of doing it is by teaching his people to actively choose to overcome evil with good. And when we hold that truth, it leads us to two questions. First, if you're experiencing evil in ways big or small, are you choosing to walk with God in the midst of it? You know, as you think of harm that others did to you in the past or that one of your actions did that hurt someone else, are you actively looking for where God is in the midst of it? You know, walking away from God in the face of evil doesn't change the evil. <laughs> All it does is turn down the help that God is offering you. So if you can't find it, pray, ask God to show you. And then second, are you choosing to use the power that God has given you for good? Or are you sitting on your hands in silence? Are you neglectful and allowing evil to slip in unintended? Because it does take effort. Combating things like climate change, like violence in our community, like the lies in our politics, it's not gonna fix itself. And God's not gonna step in and heal it for us necessarily, at least not in so short term of a sense. Instead, God says, I am blessing you with the power of choice. And you are the tool that I want to use to overcome this evil. Or in the words of Genesis 128, 
I want you to take charge because that is why I made you. That is why I gave you brains and hearts and muscles and all that you are. And so my prayer today is that you and I, me, would be ones who actively choose to take charge of the good that God has given us. And that fully, we fully claim the power that God has given us to spread it. Let us pray. Oh God, thank you that you have trusted us in such a way. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility, God. Yet you believe in us. Thank you. And now, help us to stand strong. Help us to remember that we don't do it alone, you're still with us. But help us to choose to love God and neighbor in every way that we can so that truly the good that you have placed in us would be the force that overcomes the evil of this world. We pray it in the name of the one who proved it to us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.